This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hello, my head and I. Welcome to the Tamariki Book Festival. Kia ora. Today we are exploring the Tamariki Book Festival at Turanga. Come and join us for songs, workshops, and hear from Otatahi Christchurch's young readers, authors, and illustrators. Uh, so we've got this um, great children's book festival happening in Turanga today. Um, so we've got lots of local authors about um, t- selling their books and talking about them and just having a chat with local authors with lots of cool activities for kids and workshops and stuff. Okay, so we're currently standing... Um, Next to the Dragon Den, um, where the author Robin Weiss is doing some cool dragon stuff. Um, and then over there we've got the um, Red Velvet Stage, where authors are doing some like um, some readings and performances and stuff. Um, and we've got some other activities over here with um, Felicity Williams, another author who's doing some activities with slime and stuff. A little adventure tale that... Touches on a little bit of morality, some tough decisions for our heroes, a collection of treasure along the way, and a wee culmination of a muffin recipe towards the end of the book. Oh, delicious. So our heroes go on a grand tale, have our adventure, and a wee little reward at the end. Great. And can you tell me about the stall you've set up here? Um, so we have our, our pirate ship. We have two choices. We offer our heroes uh, a challenge of wits or a challenge of courage. So for the challenge of wits, they can master our maze and claim some pirate's treasure, oh, wow. or they could walk the plank and try to get past our hungry crocodile. And we have some adventurers here uh, who are doing the challenge of wits. They are. It seems one of them has conquered our wee pirate ship maze and is looking to claim his treasure. Oh, delicious. So what we will do is we will offer him our goblet. There you are. Now you check with mum to see if it's all right if you claim some treasure. All right. Now you come over here. And you have a wee scoop of our treasure. You can use this cup if you like. So the goblet goes in, and your share of the treasure comes out. Good work, good work. I am with the saucepan man from the magic faraway tree. Can you tell me about your costume? What are you wearing? Pans. Pans? You've got a little necklace on? What's on your necklace? Some... Uh, some of my toy cooking things. Oh, and what does your character, what do they do? They always hear everything wrong. Do they? Yeah. And what happens when they hear everything wrong? They do funny things. Well, the one thing was when the Dame Washalot said, I want a new lion. The saucepan thought she said, I want a new lion. Did they get a lion? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so is that your favourite book? One of my yeah, old books that I've been reading recently. Nice. And can you tell me the name of it one more time? <laughs> the Saucepan Man from the Magic Faraway Tree. Do you know who wrote the Magic Faraway Tree? <laughs> I'm Michelle McConaughey and um, I'm the author of The Strange Sagas of Sabrina Summers. Oh, 
wonderful. And is that set in New Zealand or is it? Well, there's, it's set in a strange and mysterious land, so I don't have to obey rules like science and things like that. But the capital city is called Timaru, so I've named it after Timaru. Um, but it's quite different to the one that we have here in the South Island. How is it different from uh, the Timaru only a couple hours from Christchurch? It's uh, got magic, um, and I'm not saying that the real Timaru isn't lovely and magical, but it's got you know magic and weird dragons and witches, and it's got um, it would be the equivalent of being sort of a medieval kind of place. So it's got no Wi-Fi and no toilets. <laughs> oh, that is a little different from Timaru. I can uh, attest that it does have both Wi-Fi and <laughs> yeah. toilets. Yeah. Um, are you reading today? Yes, I'm reading at half past 11. I'm reading from The Uncomfortable Glass Slippers, uh, which is the second book in my trilogy. Wonderful. And you have quite a colourful stall here today. Yeah, it's the Storytellers Den. Um, and we've spent a few evenings over the past weeks making it a bit more colourful and rainbowy um, and a bit more welcoming than just an ordinary old gazebo. Yeah, very, very cheerful and bright. And um, I'm seeing a witch's hat. Uh, yes, I'm dressed as a witch. Um, I'm not really a witch, but one of the characters who is a stepmother, which is what I actually am, um, is a witch in the book. So the book has a very um, all fantasy and twisted fairy tales and putting a real spin on it for um, fantasy lovers. Pippi. My name is Pippi. My real name's Kayla. And your dress, who are you dressed like? Pippi Longstockings. Is Pippi Longstocking your favourite book character? Um, no, not my favourite. Who's your favourite? Isadora Moon. My favourite is Isadora Moon. And what's your name? My name is Lily. And I've dressed up as Annika from Pippi Longstockings. Oh, great. So you're together. Annika and Pippi? We are, um, the adventures we're going on is looking for what the word snorkel means. Yes. What does it mean? Do you know yet? Um, we found out that it may, um, it's not a meaning, it is a type of bug. Two of the festival's authors shared work that involved spiders and insects. Robin Weiss, author of The Dragon Slayer's Son, held a workshop involving live insects and spiders to inspire young writers to use science in their fiction writing. But first, here is Dr. Simon Pollard sharing stories from his new book, Why Is That Spider Dancing? Aotearoa's Amazing Arachnids. You come to hear about spiders. Well, thank you, thank you very much. I'll, um, I'm going to tell you a bit about New Zealand spiders and especially about a book I'm writing at the moment about the spiders that live here. But I used to be, I used to bring tarantulas into New Zealand so they could be displayed at the museum. Big tarantulas and people, I had all the permits to bring them into New Zealand but nobody ever asked me where they were on the plane. Well they were with me in the plane so I could give them water. So that's me with that's me standing on the toilet with 13 live tarantulas. And then they came into New Zealand with all the permits and then they, they were fine. And one time I was coming with four tarantulas and I, when I was flying from, um, from Auckland to Christchurch, the woman next to me asked what I did and I told her I worked with spiders. 
and she told me how much she hated spiders and that she couldn't even look at photographs of them. And right above her head were four live tarantulas. And I never told her. <laughs> Tempted, but didn't. Hello, everybody. This is just a quick boarding call. Robin Wise doing a workshop for any children who are interested in creative writing. Going to be talking about science and fiction. The next insect I want to show you is actually underneath the microscopes around the room. And this insect is pretty cool, even though it's really, really tiny. That's why I put it under the microscope. These guys that I'm going to show you are called aphids. And one of the cool adaptations that aphids have is they can clone themselves. So a female aphid, she grows up, which only takes her about a week, and she can start popping out babies that are exact clones of herself. Doesn't need a male aphid, she can just start reproducing herself. And she can produce a new baby every couple of hours. <laughs> so they can build up their populations really, really fast. And that's really important when you're small and tasty and easy to kill. So I want you to have a look under the microscopes in just a moment. They should be in focus right now, so you should not even need to touch the microscope. Just close one eye and look down through the top. And there should, unless they move, there should be an aphid underneath. It's so small. You can only just see it on the leaf. Um, it's like a little green bug with like brown legs. Mm. And it has like antennas. Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. see it. Yeah. It looks like it likes. It looks like it's green and it has skinny legs. It must be very small. I think it's that there. I think that's one. They're very tiny. Yes, but I can already see it from here. Yeah. And then when you. Look in here, be huge. This is what it's made to do. What I want you to do now is to put on your creative thinking cap. And um, I want you to grab a piece of paper and a writing utensil. There are pens and pencils in there. And if you want to draw a character, an insect character, that's fine. If you want to describe in words an insect character, that's fine. If you want to quick write a little story about an insect that does something amazing, thinking about their adaptations and what insects really can do. So the spiders are waking up in the morning and, and the alarm clock is telling them it's seven o'clock. <laughs> and there's a cockroach on the... Yeah, there's a small fly over here. Ah, cool. <laughs> well done, well done. Do you want to share yours? Um, I saw some aphids and then I saw a ladybug. So then the, someone was disturbing a ladybug and then the ladybug got mad, got scared. It shooted, it shooted a bit of poisonous blood through it, out of its legs. I think so. Go ahead. The ladybug gets frightened by the spider as the ladybug shoots its blood out. The spider backs off and he rushes off. Awesome. Jim Cullinane performed lots of his amazing songs. Listen to this country ballad called Horsey Horse. I bet you won't be able to stop tapping your feet. Mm-hmm. 
Young poets from Kathleen Gallagher's workshop read poems that they wrote involving animals. Red fox, fantails fly, tigers roar, bunnies hop. I like tigers. Purple bunny like to hop around the neighborhood. Ot green on his back. River moves, eddies over, furry, tummy wet. A bee buzzes from rushes, tipping otter's little nose. Green blades, grass rustles, otter like water. Blue foxes rummaging through forests. Purple snakes slither through swamps. Green fantails flutter like butterflies. Young fantail in blue sky, flying high, catching bugs by flicking her feathered fan tail. I see a purple snake slivering on the floor of a magical forest. Wow, sliver, 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 snake, snake. 
I think I would move away from that snake pretty quick. <laughs> Very good, thank you. Shali, could you read your one, please? Red Wizard. Flying, is it flying? Flying. Flying, Shali. No, yes. Is that right? It's lovely, thank you, Shali. One of the main reasons people came to the festival was to hear authors read stories like this one called Eli, Ants in His Pants by Michelle McConaughey. Enjoy. Okay, so I've written a story called Eli, Ants in His Pants about a little boy who really fidgets and can't keep still. So any kids who like moving, any little boys who, don't, who can't keep still, come and join us. Come along. Say hi to Eli. Stand up and wave. He'll wave back at you. He's friendly and brave. His full name is Eli Ants in His Pants because Eli won't walk. <laughs> Not when he can dance. <laughs> Eli and Ants in His Pants can never keep still. Spinning round and around gives him such a big thrill. He just loves to splish and splosh in the rain and jump in the puddles right next to the drain. When he's at kindy, Eli just likes to play, running around till the end of the day. But he always makes time to cheer up his friend by tickling her tummy for hours on end. <laughs> if Eli sees that his friend has a, has a frown, he bounces around till that frown's upside down. <laughs> he would much rather skip when off on a trip to Wellington Harbour to see the big ship. Why walk, he wonders. When I can hop. I don't care if it's a dangerous drop. His teachers all shout, Eli, watch where you go. But Eli refuses to take anything slow. In the car home from kindy, when the other kids nap, Eli performs with a song and a clap. Can you clap? Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Eli likes an adventure. He longs to go far on his wee scooter. Look out for that car. <laughs> he, um, that gave him a fright. The driver was mad. Now he keeps to the sidewalks, close to his dad. His parents are tired. A long day at work. Eli leaps onto their laps. So they wake with a jerk. But the best thing of all from his point of view is to wiggle his butt in the fish and chip queue. When it comes time for bed, Eli's all tired out. Poor Eli has had a massive workout. I think mainly dads have had a massive workout. <laughs> he snuggles up tight, lost in a dream. Eli ants in his pants, has run out of steam. Do you know how to draw faces with lots of different expressions? The young illustrators who joined Verity Busby's workshop found lots of new techniques and new ways of illustrating faces with different expressions and experimented with new types of drawing. So today we're actually going to be talking about expressions on people's faces and how you can draw a person with expression. What does expression mean? Yeah? That's right. So we all use expressions to help us to help other people to understand what we're feeling and also so that um, we can explain how we feel to other people. One of the things that we do when we draw faces is learn that faces are different shapes. 
How do we almost always draw a face? What shape do we use? Yeah? An oval, and some people will use a circle. But do you know that you can use different shapes for different kinds of faces? And that way you can make a face look really interesting. So that's the first thing I want us to do now. On our piece of paper, take a shape and draw the shape and then turn it into a face. What shapes, what shape faces have you drawn? A triangle, diamond, circle, and a hexagon. That's very cool. And that you can do side perspectives with any shape or front perspectives with any shape. Even one like a triangle. And you look like you're a bit of an artist. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about drawing? That you can design things that you want to. Can you tell me about your different faces mm -hmm. that you've made? What are your different emotions that you're showing? Um, that one's calm, that one's sad, angry, sneaky, innocent. So those ones are just like all the same things except for experimenting with the eyes. So what's the difference between the eyes? Um, the far apart and together and then far apart. How's your drawing going? What have you learned today? Um, what do you think is, if you're going to tell someone how to draw side face, what's the most important thing to remember, do you think? The most important thing to remember is that the nose always sticks out and it doesn't just go in. What do you think dinosaurs eat for lunch? Vegemite and apple juice? Michael Bush entertained the crowd with her music including this incredible song called The Dinosaur Zoo.
hard work and creativity of young authors and illustrators was celebrated with prizes for poetry and illustrations. So, without any further ado, if we have any other children who have entered the competitions, come and sit up at the front, and hopefully you're here today to receive your prizes. Verity is an illustrator and she loves to work with watercolours. And if any of you have a particular affiliation for dancing animals, Verity is the place to go to have a look at some of those. <laughs> we'll just announce them now. Verity. Thank you, Therese. All right, so we had two categories for children's illustration. The first category was for the juniors, and the winner is Ryanie. Uh, Riney did a beautiful picture of a bridge to books and a son sinking into the ocean reading a book and he had the most amazing look on his face. I wonder if you can see it over there. And I just couldn't help but love his face because what he was reading was obviously earth-shattering. The senior winner is um, Nicole Tan. Nicole's picture was very well thought out. Unfortunately, you can't really see on here, but behind the tree and the library were lists of books and I felt that the picture was showing that when you read your world becomes bigger and that you have achieved something really amazing by reading so many books. We do have a highly commended person as well and the highly commended person was Maya Tang. Congratulations, well done. Congratulations, we loved your picture because I loved the humour that was in your picture. It's over here. I love your choice of books, and I thought it was really funny. Thank you. And we also have Rebecca Nash. And Rebecca is a poet from Littleton. And, <laughs> and she bakes cakes, and she's a mum, and she's a lecturer as well. So she fits a lot in on her plate, and Rebecca has judged our poetry entries. Hi, guys. I just wanted to say, when I was reading the poetry, I was so blown away by all your creativity. You were amazing. I think you're better than my university students, just on the quiet. Don't tell them that. Okay, so uh, for the under-12s, the winner is Violetta Dacra. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. This poem, I was blown away by the imagery and the experimentation with line breaks. Look at this. It's incredible. So, um, yep, that's a banger. In <laughs> uh, the over 12s uh, is Izzy Thompson, um, who really impressed me with her use of like repetition and experimenting uh, with the way you can like use the same words but make more meaning from the same words. So that was really really cool, and um, I enjoyed reading your poetry. So thank you so much to all of those who entered our competitions. And we hope that we'll have some more next year. And we really enjoyed reading your submissions. You're all incredibly talented. Thank you. Congratulations to all the winners. And thanks again to everyone who entered. It was a fun and very busy day at the Tamariki Book Festival in Turanga. I hoped you enjoyed our little tour. Thanks again to everyone who came along and the amazing authors, musicians, organizers, and volunteers who made the day possible. Join us again next year for the Tamariki Book Festival at Turanga. Namihi. Mihi.